0: Following up from the previous chat, which we spoke about the complications of COVID-19, as a result of that, the healthcare systems were becoming overwhelmed with increasing numbers of critically ill patients. So doctors were pressed to understand the disease process fast, and uh, they needed to discover possible treatment options other than symptomatic and supportive care, Um, and, you know, immediate solutions were urgently needed. Hi, welcome back. I'm Amira.
1: And I'm Lavanya and today we will be discussing the repurposing of established drugs for the treatment of COVID-19. As of October 2020, remdesivir is the only approved treatment by the Food and Drug Administration, or also known as FDA, for COVID-19 pneumonia. And there were no other therapies which which were approved. Uh, However, current clinical approaches uh, mainly involve the combination of the use of antivirals and also immunomodulatory drugs, which are basically medications that alter the immune response. Let's start with hydroxychloroquine, which was probably the most hyped drug at the beginning of the pandemic as the so-called cure but to have its emergency used authorization revoked by the FDA just 3 months after it was issued following evidence of its lack of efficacy in the treatment of COVID-19 and how did um, hydroxychloroquine come about and what led to the misguided use of this anti-malarial drug in COVID-19 amira
0: So exactly like you said, hydroxychloroquine is widely used as an antimalarial drug, but it's also used to treat autoimmune conditions such as SLE and rheumatoid arthritis through its immunomodulatory effects. It's also believed to have additional antiviral activity by inhibiting viral replication. And a study by Wang et al. reported effective in vitro inhibition of SARS-CoV-2 with hydroxychloroquine. Then, um, around March 2020, an open-label, non-randomized study on the use of hydroxychloroquine in COVID-19 patients was published that purportedly demonstrated a rapid and effective speeding up of the healing process and sharp decrease in the duration of contagiousness. But this study only included 36 hospitalized patients with COVID-19, regardless of clinical status. Despite this lack of rigorous evidence for efficacy, though, there was a substantial increase of hydroxychloroquine use in COVID-19 patients around the world. Do you have any thoughts on this, Lavanya? Yeah, well, this was at the
1: outset of the pandemic. And this preliminary data, which suggested possible benefits, together with the desperation felt by clinicians caring for COVID-19 patients who were increasingly getting sick, along with the anxiety and the sense of urgency, felt by the patients and the public probably contributed to the increased use of hydroxychloroquine and it also didn't mm. help that a certain outgoing president publicly announced that he was taking the drug to ward off COVID-19 because he got a lot of positive calls about it and <laughs> authorised his uh, government to stockpile almost 29 million uh, hydroxychloroquine pills for COVID-19 patients based on, just, uh, on gut instincts. So I mean we are talking about a drug here and uh, not a new nasi lemak place that we try try out based on raving reviews from our friends although yeah. to be fair if people tell me i have to eat one kind of nasi lemak to get out of the quarantine i'll probably do it anyway at that juncture hydroxychloroquine was widely used everywhere despite the lack of high quality evidence and, and since then, um, however, many well-conducted trials on the use of hydroxychloroquine in COVID-19 have demonstrated its lack of efficacy when compared with um, standard of care.
0: Right. Um, and did you know that the UK recovery trial found no significant difference in the primary endpoint of 28-day mortality with hydroxychloroquine when compared to standard care alone? So the hydrox- oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so the hydroxychloroquine group also had a longer duration of hospitalization and a lower probability of discharge life within 28 days. And um, similarly the WHO solidarity trial had also paused the hydroxychloroquine arm in June of last year and removed its use entirely as of July 4th following evidence that it did not result in reduction of mortality of hospitalized COVID-19 patients when you know compared with standard of care.
1: Can I just also touch a little on the role of hydroxychloroquine in the prevention of COVID-19? Yeah, sure. So so far, the evidence has shown that uh, hydroxychloroquine does not prevent COVID-19. An observational study following patients with SLE or rheumatoid arthritis who were already taking uh, hydroxychloroquine six months before the pandemic started actually showed no significant difference in COVID-19 mortality compared to the same cohort who were not on hydroxychloroquine. The results from this study are consistent with two randomized clinical trials of hydroxychloroquine, uh, which which was used for pre-exposure prophylaxis in healthcare workers at risk of SARS-CoV-2 infection. And in these studies, healthcare workers were randomly assigned to take hydroxychloroquine for for 8 to 12 weeks. And in both studies, no difference was seen in the risk of SARS-CoV-2 infection associated with hydroxychloroquine use. Now, moving on to the next repurposed drug, which is uh, Lopinavir, Ritonavir, also known by its brand name, Kalitra. Now, we are by no means experts in this, but we have had the opportunity in our rather short careers of using Kalitra for the second-line treatment of retroviral disease. Yes, we have. So then tell me, Amira, how did the idea of using Kalitra for the treatment of COVID-19 came about?
0: Yes, well, as you know, lupinavir is a human deficiency virus or HIV type 1 protease inhibitor, and its use is combined with ritonavir to increase its plasma half life through the inhibition of cytochrome P450. And um, during the outbreak of uh, SARS in 2003, uh, screening of approved drugs identified lupinavir as having um, in vitro inhibitory activity against SARS CoV 1, which is the virus that causes SARS. So similarly, lopinavir was shown to have activity both in vitro and in non-human primates against um, MERS-CoV or the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus. Following this, non-randomized studies and case reports have suggested virology clearance and reduced mortality risk with the use of calitra in combination with ribavirin for the treatment of SARS and MERS-CoV. Then, you know, enter SARS-CoV-2 in late 2019. At the emergence of this novel coronavirus, Calitra was repurposed for the treatment of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 pneumonia. So, uh, Lavanya, what are the evidence for its use in COVID-19? Um, have you done any research on that?
1: Yeah, a little bit. So, um... Based on the research that I did, a randomized control open-label trial conducted in China published in May 2020 showed no difference in the time to clinical improvement or 28-day mortality and viral clearance in the Calitra group compared to the standard Mm -hmm. care. The UK recovery trial, on the other hand, concluded no beneficial effects of Calitra either for hospitalized COVID-19 patients compared to standard care. So overall, the uh, mortality rate uh, in the groups who were taking Calitra as compared to standard of care was almost the same, which is about 20%. No beneficial effects were found on the risk of intubation or duration of hospital stay either. And similar to hydroxychloroquine, the WHO solidarity trial have also discontinued the use of Calitra in the trial uh, on the 4th of July, and interim results found little or no effect of the drug on hospitalized patients with COVID-19, as indicated by the overall mortality, initiation of ventilation, and the duration of hospital stay. As such, The NIH and the IDSA guidelines recommend against the use of uh, Calitra as well as mentioning the risk for severe cutaneous reactions, uh, QT prolongation, and the potential uh, for drug interactions owing to the uh, CYP3A inhibition.
0: Okay, so we've got hydroxychloroquine and Calitra um, sort of already having been discontinued from um, the ongoing trials Uh, in both the UK recovery and also WHO solidarity trial, right? So next, we have interferon. Now, interferon is a naturally occurring polypeptide. We are familiar with the two subtypes, Mm -hmm. right? Alpha and beta. Uh, there are type yeah. 1 interferons that elicit um, antiviral, antiproliferative, proliferative and immunomodulatory activities. So interferon alpha has been used as the treatment for viral infections such as hepatitis B and C uh, and various cancers such as leukemia and AIDS-related kaposi sarcoma. And interferon beta is used in the treatment of multiple sclerosis. So in terms of its antiviral properties, interferon beta has shown effects against coronaviruses including SARS-CoV and MERS-CoV in um, in vitro studies and animal models. It has also been shown to decrease mortality in mers patients when given in combination with Calitra in a recently published randomized clinical trial. So how does it fare now in the treatment of COVID-19? Well in the treatment of COVID-19
1: clinical studies have found that a proportion of patients with severe COVID-19 had impaired uh, type 1 interferon activity and potentially linked to autoantibodies against the type 1 interferon however interim results also show that it, that was done in the solidarity trial showed no efficacy of a subcutaneous interferon alone or with calitra Interestingly though, the Lancet Respiratory Medicine uh, published positive findings in the use of nebulized interferon beta for hospitalized COVID-19 patients and this was from a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled phase 2 pilot trial. The results suggest that patients who received nebulized interferon beta had greater odds of improvement and recovered more rapidly than those who received placebo. So what do you think about these findings, Amira?
0: Well, from my reading, there are a few key points here that could contribute to the differing results. So the first one is the different population. Um, The pilot study Mm -hmm. recruited patients in less severe stages. There were no intubated patients included as compared to about 8% of intubated patients in the solidarity trial. Um, secondly, the number of patients in the pilot study was much smaller, and it was not powered adequately to um, sort of analyze mortality outcomes. Hence, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was unable to describe any clinical benefit on mortality in hospitalized COVID nineteen patients. Now, thirdly, of course, the different route of administration being studied in the two trials, you know, the uh, first one being subcutaneous and the uh, Mm -hmm. other one being nebulized. So nebulized interferon may have the upper hand here as it allows more direct delivery of the treatment to the respiratory tract. Note, however, that nebulized interferon has not, up to this point, um, been approved for any clinical indication yet. And so the study of its safety profile will be of special interest, definitely yeah and i also think that it is important to study at which disease
1: phase that uh, interferon is best administered yeah. right and as we know in the late phase of uh, severe covid-19 a hyperinflammatory response uh, takes place characterized by the cytokine storm which can lead to pulmonary complications such as uh, ards and these we have discussed in our previous uh, uh, discussions um interferon beta which is a pro inflammatory cytokine could exacerbate this inflammatory response and be associated with safety issues.
0: Yes, uh, I totally agree there. So far now, we have talked about repurposed drugs uh, that have showed rather disappointing evidence for the treatment of COVID-19. Let's now discuss drugs that are showing some potential benefit, um, starting with tocilizumab. So as we have alluded to before, the second phase of COVID-19 is, uh, you know, characterized by the cytokine release syndrome or CRS uh, that we have mentioned in our uh, discussion before. So drawing from this understanding, immunomodulatory drugs such as selective cytokine inhibitors have been considered. Now, tocilizumab is a humanized monoclonal antibody uh, which is directed against mm-hmm. the interleukin 6 or IL-6 receptor. And it has been used for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis, giant cell arthritis, and um, severe or life-threatening CRS induced by um, chimeric antigen receptor uh, or CAR T-cell therapy. And now those are cancer immunotherapies. Mm, That's pretty
1: complicated. So how does uh, tocilizumab play a role in the treatment of CRS in COVID-19? Does it actually have a role there?
0: So, during the early days of COVID 19, clinical experiences in China suggested that IL 6 is one of the most important cytokines involved in COVID 19 induced CRS. Now, a single center study from Wuhan, China, showed that there was clinical benefit with tocilizumab for patients with COVID 19 pneumonia who were at risk for CRS. Um, now, that study and other anecdotal observations led to the opportunity for Off label use of tocilizumab for the treatment of severe COVID 19 pneumonia in other countries. Hmm. But does it actually work, Amira? Right. Again, a study published by uh, Stone et al. in October of last year reported no significant effect of tocilizumab on the risk of intubation or death in moderately ill patients who are hospitalized with COVID 19 compared to um, standard care. However, note that the study population was limited to patients with moderate illness, you know, patients with. Um, hyperinflammatory states who had either fever, pulmonary infiltrates, or mm-hmm. the need for supplemental oxygen. Uh, patients who received supplemental oxygen more than 10 liters per minute were actually excluded in this study. Mm-hmm. So, at enrollment, only about 4% of the patients were admitted into ICU when none were um, actually mechanically ventilated. Now, this is important to emphasize because this finding should not be extrapolated to other populations of COVID 19 patients, especially the critically ill ones. So now, a more recent study published late of last year uh, found mm-hmm. that tocilizumab reduced the likelihood of progression to uh, the composite outcome of mechanical ventilation or death, but it did not improve survival. Now, the early findings from REMAP-CAP trial have suggested that tocilizumab significantly improves um, outcomes for critically ill patients, potentially reducing mortality and time spent in intensive care. The trial suggested that the mortality rate was about thirty five percent for patients receiving standard of care, compared to twenty eight percent for those receiving tocilizumab. And so, the NHS guidance has been updated on January this year, recommending that the drug uh, is considered in the treatment of COVID nineteen patients admitted in intensive care. Wow, that's quite an uh, that's quite a comprehensive uh, summary of
1: trials you have there, Amira. Uh, Well, our latest national guidelines, updated in October 2020, also recommends tocilizumab of 8 milligrams per kilogram single dose as a mode of therapy that can be considered for COVID 19 patients in category 4 and above. That's right. Multiple studies, such as the REMAP CAP and the recovery trials, are ongoing to evaluate the efficacy of tocilizumab, and we hope to see the results soon. Now, how about the ongoing discussion on ivermectin, the other twin of uh, hydroxychloroquine? The Pharmaceutical Journal has a list of ongoing trials on the use of ivermectin. In the meantime, the FDA has warned us on the use of ivermectin as it has yet to show significant beneficial effects in the prevention of progression of the disease or improvement of symptoms.
0: Okay, so I guess we uh, should look forward to the findings or the results of the ongoing trials on Mm ivermectin soon. Yeah, I can't wait. Right, so uh, now we are at the end of this topic on the repurposed drugs in Mm -hmm. COVID-19. The next one, uh, I feel, is something that is of uh, everybody's... It's probably going to be of interest for everybody. (laughs) It's going to be on COVID-19 vaccination. Yeah, so before we leave uh, I'd like to leave you guys With a beautiful quote As usual The greatest medicine of all Is to teach people How not to need it Signing off from me, Amira And me, Lavinia Bye-bye